Hey guys, welcome to Keep It Spiritual with myself, Chris Meredith. Now, in this episode, I bring you a very, very special interview of Keep It Spiritual because it is the flower medium and he is also my uncle. It is Chris Meredith. Now, Chris Meredith has been working as a medium for over 50 years. That's a lot of experience. Now, Chris has been working on platform over here in the UK, then also kind of similar over in the United States of America, where he is in San Diego, right now and he is known as the flower medium as well bringing that over there and working with many different clients all over the world and of course he's so knowledgeable about the art of mediumship as well so if you're someone that's just learning about mediumship and you want to know more and how to work with the spirits or maybe bring the spirits closer you know to you and work with them every day you know sit back relax enjoy my uncle the fabulous medium it is Chris Meredith Welcome to Keep It Spiritual, and of course, this is a completely unique interview because once you're my uncle in San Diego, and of course, you're a world-class medium. And one thing I found out as well, you're known as the flower medium, which I just absolutely love. So, first of all, welcome to Keep It Spiritual. Thank you, nephew Chris Meredith, interviewing Chris Meredith across the pond. I don't know how many interviews there's been with the two of the names the same. You know, it's kind of uh, confusing and interesting, isn't it? I say more interesting. <laughs> there we are. Well, at least you're the K and I'm the C. That's what people yeah. say. People do say. Yes. And you know, you've got the same name, but is it spelt the same way? I'm like, no, Chris is a C, I'm a K. Absolutely, absolutely. Big hello from uh, from Southern California. Love it, Chris, love it. Well, let's start at the beginning with you, Chris, if that's yeah. all right. What was your first encounter, you know, with the spirit world like? Okay, well, with, as is with most mediums, it usually begins at a very early age. And mine was at seven years of age. I was sharing a room with Roger, and I remember waking up early hours of the morning, don't know why, and there was three people standing at the bottom of my bed. They had a certain luminosity around them. I didn't recognize them at all. And then they were there, what was probably seconds, and then they just melted through the floor. That was my first experience of something beyond this world. And then as the days went by, I we used to have a big old-fashioned wardrobe at the, at the foot of the bed against the wall. And it was a dark recess and we had another set of drawers. And I started to see faces above the wardrobe and sometimes a pair of eye looking at me. And then as I was going to sleep, I would hear these footsteps like someone walking in a subway. And it was only recently I remember that sometimes I'd actually put my fingers in my ears and wiggle them around for a while to be able to get to sleep. Now, I don't remember mentioning in this to your Nana Grandad or, or to uh, uh, my three brothers. I kept it very much to myself. But as far as I can remember, that was the first encounter that I had with the spirit world. I absolutely love it. I love finding out about this. I've been so looking forward to this, Chris. I really, really have. So mm. how would you describe your journey as a medium so far, Chris? In my early teens, the spiritualist church in Duckingfield. And when I first went to that church, I was the youngest in the congregation. I think the youngest was probably about 70. And I was probably about 14 when I went. And the medium was um, called Mrs. Halley, which was from Lancashire. And she was a real strong lady, talking about the spirit world, giving her philosophy. And then time for messages and uh, 
she'd go around the room and connect people with the spirit world. And then she came to me. It was my first message from someone of this caliber. And she actually prophesied that one day I would travel to the US and live and work there. Well, of course, at that age, I had no desire to leave my country. But she did discuss about the things happening around me. And she was the one to give him out my guide, who was a Chinaman called Liang, and that he was the one stepping forward to work with me. There were others, but he was introducing himself at that time. And she went on to describe the things that had happened to me. And we became fast and good friends over the years. And I actually, at 19, ended up running that church. I was the youngest uh, Spiritual National Union president in, in the UK. And we went from having a, a congregation of probably, oh, 20 to 30 to about 100 people in this, what had once been a primitive Methodist church. What an inspiring journey that is as well, Chris. So so what's it like to actually connect and work with spirit every day? Gosh, you know, I've done it for so many years now. I, you know, I, you must remember I was born at a very early age. Um, <laughs> and I was, I've probably been in, you know, been a working medium now nearly 50 years. It's not like being a plumber or electrician. You know, it's not something you can switch, just switch on and switch off. You've got to have both feet firmly on the ground. Uh, when you're working between two worlds, you've got to remember that uh, you are only a channel. Some people can unwittingly get an ego and think that they're doing the work and they're something different from someone else. Compassion, empathy, and humility when you're working as a medium because you're, you're dealing with people's lives. Most of the people that come to see me have, have lost someone so are, are in a very difficult state in their lives. So I'm not always seeing people in the best part of their day. And so when they come to me, often they're in grief or in, in great distress. And I've often found that the spirit world know exactly what to bring forward to help them uh, comfort them. And just never had an experience, and they come in a little bit unsure, a little bit frightened. And then as we begin to get in, they start to recognize some of the information that's been given to them. And then perhaps grandma pops in or mum comes in and gives some information that validates who they are. Their composure completely changes. I've had grown men here weeping because their dad has come back and apologize perhaps for the difficult rocky relationship they had. I remember one time I was uh, serving a church as often I did when I lived in England. I served many churches, uh, spiritual churches, and I served Keithley Church in Yorkshire, which was uh, what we called the Mother Church, because that was the first spiritual church that was opened in Great Britain. When you're sitting as a medium, you know, you're open as a channel. You never know what the spirit world are going to bring to you. Um, uh, and so it's uh, it, it's like a, uh, every day is exciting because you just never know who you're going to be working with and what's going to be coming through. It's not something I would ever change. So it's been a, a, been a wonderful journey. Yes. And it is, and I suppose, you know, it's exciting for you, you know, like you said, you know, not knowing what's going to come. Every single day is like a new day. Oh, absolutely. You know, you're... You're dealing with people from different walks of life. I've worked with priests, I've worked with nuns, I've worked with people, atheists and agnostics and young people, middle-aged people, old people, all from different ethnicities, you know. But the link is the same. It's, it's people coming around from the spirit world saying, look, we're still here. We haven't gone anywhere. We're still the same people. And you can still connect with us. When you, when you think of us and you, you, you talk to us, we hear that. And they come back with that message that, you know, life does go on. And that's what the message of spiritualism is. 
And what I think the duty of a medium is, is to prove the continuity of life after death. Totally. No, it really, really is. I agree with you there, Chris. It is important for people to, to know that and know they're not alone as well. I think that's probably yeah. important right there. Very much so. Yeah. It is. So you mentioned there, Chris, as well, you know, you've worked in many, many spiritualist churches throughout the UK. So, I mean, what yes. was that like, you know, serving, you know, the churches? I would work in the inner churches in Manchester. I used to serve the church in Southport. Was a lovely church to work down to Leicester, uh, sometimes uh, down south. Every church was different because you're dealing with different energies and different groups. Some churches were very well run, some were not. You know, you had some wonderful chair people, you had some were very challenging. I remember one experience that I thought was really, really interesting. I believe it was Altrincham Spiritualist Church. It, would, it had just been opened. It was a brand new church. And I was taking the Sunday service. And I had given the first part of the service, which was the philosophy. And then I was about to start with the clairvoyance. And they had this beautiful um, wooden organ in the corner of the church. And just as I was about to start with my clairvoyance, we started to hear these voices appear in the room. Very clear voices. And they looked at me and I looked at them. I thought, this is pretty good, isn't it? And apparently what was happening was, and it was the taxi cab messages coming through the organ, had nothing to do with the spirit whatsoever. So there was me thinking how wonderful my mediumship was being that, that day, now nominal. And it was a, it was a glitch in, the, in electronics. But the timing was really, really interesting. It was right at that point. I bet they was laughing with you, Chris. I bet they was laughing oh, with absolutely. you. And that raised the energy, which was really good, you know. But the lovely thing is, I, I served on the Manchester District Council for a while, and I was a liaison with a number of the churches. And because, and we used to, in those days, we would have where all the churches came together from the area, and we would have a, a, a well-known speaker, often Gordon Higginson, and we would get together, often alongside Spiritualist Church there, and we used to have a get-together in the afternoon, and then we'd have a big old supper, and then we'd have an evening uh, demonstration as well. It gave us a chance all to come together in fellowship and chat and see what was going on in various parts of, of the country. Uh, and that was really great. We, they don't have those now, which is, which is unfortunate, but uh, used to enjoy those. You know, and we used to have the psychic dinner and dance as well, and we would get together... And I would be in my velvet green jacket and my bow tie, uh, and we'd, we'd really uh, have a wonderful time in coming together. And again, we'd often have a keynote speaker, and we would have the dinner and dance. I had the dinner, not the dance, but I watched them. But we had, we had a really good social time as well. But I must admit, in between serving the churches, working with the public, it really became a full-time job for me. But it was one that I... Uh, really enjoyed. I never thought when I first stepped into this, I was drawn into this work. When I was there at Duckingfield Church, vacuuming the carpets on a Sunday morning or going out getting the flowers ready for the evening service that goes down the road, that work would take me 6,000 miles from my home into the southern part of, uh, of California. And of course, spiritualism in the US is a little bit different than the UK. There's not as many churches uh, uh, in the locality. There are a number of different spiritual organizations. Mm. Um, I am an all-day minister with the ISA, which is out of Chicago, which is the Independent Spiritual Association of America. And so I was ordained in 1987. And so uh, I've done a number of marriages and, and, and funerals as well. Don't do too many of those now. But you talk about my being a flower medium. I'm known in San Diego as a flower medium. And this happened... Um, 
many years ago at my own church in Duckingfield, there was a lady came from Blackpool Church and she was called uh, Mrs. Halliday, I think it was, a holiday. And she was the first one I saw read flowers. And she would have little bunches of flowers and she would give a reading to the flowers. And I always had a fascination with this. And when I came to this country, I started to, to look into this. I found that it was a, a something that I could use to connect with the spirit world. And so I've done thousands of flower reading groups. I used to visit people's homes and they have a gathering of people coming together. They all bring their flowers. And we've had some fantastic readings, you know, uh, through those flowers. I remember one time being with a, a young group and I took a flower, middle of the session, and I heard this lady's voice say very strongly, she's still got my bleep bleep ashes. And so I gave out this message and and apparently they all knew one another. So there were these uh, around the group. And apparently the host, uh, this young girl, her, she'd lost her mother and her mother's ashes there on the, on the mantelpiece. And she didn't know what to do with them. And so the mother came through and said, look, I'm not in the jar. And she said, I don't care what you do with them. She says, but I'm still here. I'm still your mother. What you do? but you can do whatever you want with the ashes. So people don't change when they pass over. So Chris, how do you think mediumship has changed over the years? I was very lucky when I came up in the um, late 60s and through into the 70s, I had the pleasure of being around Gordon Higginson, who at that time had been the president of the Spiritual National Union for 22 years. He was a longest service president. He was a physical medium, had many of the gifts. And I think at that time was probably one of the best mediums we had in the world. And he became a friend of mine. I would go down and serve his church. And often, if he could make it, he would chair for me, which was very nerve-wracking. And seeing the likes of Joseph Benjamin, who's long since passed now, it showed me what the potential was. It showed me what the standard could be. And if you had the right conditions, what the spirit world can bring through. So I was very lucky to have these ex wonderful examples of mediums and mediumship. And so that really spurred me on. A, a wonderful group of people in my church that, that sat for me, have a circle once a week, and they sat for my mediumship and the development of that. But I think time has gone on uh, regarding how it was in the, quote, old days uh, to where it is today. And at that time, we were taught to sit in the circle and to sit in the power and to let the spirit world and let them determine how they wanted to work with us. What we have today sometimes is people want to be in a, a class for three weeks and they think they're, they're ascended master and they want to go off teaching the world. Um, and and, and it, you like any type of work, you, you've got to pay your dues. You've got to be in the trenches. You've got to have a dedication. But I think the standard conditions in the world and the, the demands made of it, uh, we have mediumship now for the 21st century. But, but I've had the pleasure of sitting with at least seven physical mediums, which I didn't think I would be able to do that, but I have. And I've been able to speak to people that have been dead. I got to see the manifestation of a man's hand who had been dead for many, many years. I've seen the trumpet flying around the room. I've I, I, I've spoken to some wonderful people through trance. So what guidance have you got right now, Chris, you know, for up-and-coming mediums then? First of all, not to rush it, to realize that it's patience and dedication. If you're prepared to sit and go into the quietness, your spirit guides will come forth and they will direct you. Don't be in too much of a hurry to run. 
learn to walk first of all. The churches have the open circles. Go and participate in that. Uh, and get yourself into a good circle if you've got a church that's running a circle. If not, if you can get some of your friends together, if you've got friends that are dedicated and will sit for you. But, um, you know, it, it's better that it's a slow development, but you've got to build your foundation first of all. Being a psychic and being a medium are two entirely different things. A medium is psychic, but a psychic is not necessarily a medium. A medium receives, a psychic perceives. And so uh, we must, well, a psychic uses someone that's dealing with things of the earth. They can tell you about your, your relationship and maybe matters of health, but they're not, usually a psychic usually is not connecting with the spirit world. That's where the mediumship comes in. A uh, person that develops the mediumship and takes that psychic ability as a step forward, then you've got the connection. The thing that defines a medium from a psychic is that the medium is working with the spirit world, where a psychic is not. So we must understand those, those determinations because everyone wants to be a medium. And although we're all spirit in a physical body, and we've all got the means of connect spirit world to a lesser or greater degree, I firmly believe that mediumship is a calling. Just as some people are concert pianists, and we might be able to bang out a few tunes, but not to their level. Some people are great, great vocalists and sing in the shower. But I, I've always felt that mediumship is a calling. Who's been your biggest spiritual inspiration, Chris? Gosh, well, it has to be, I think, Gordon Higginson, because he was the, 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 the first outstanding medium. And I think also Maurice Barbonell, who was the, the medium for Silver Birch. If you get to read his books, uh, books out there regarding the teaching of Silver Birch. Um, there's been so many uh, uh, great mediums over the years. I'd love to hear, you know, who's inspired you, Chris, as well. So what do you love most about doing what you do? Being able to help people, being able to unite people, bring people together and show people that life is a spiritual journey and that, you know, you can have fun with it. You don't have to be apart from the people. It, it, it's not something that uh, uh, really sets you apart from people. But you have to learn that as a medium, you are sensitive. And as a sensitive, you're going to feel things in the world a lot more than the everyday person. Not to learn how to balance that sensitivity, sort of be in this world and not of it, you know, or live the ordinary life in an extraordinary way. Thank you so much. Chris Meredith, my uncle, the flower medium in San Diego. Thank you so, so much for being a guest on Keep It Spiritual, Chris. My pleasure. There we are. That was the fabulous Chris Meredith, of course. He is known as the flower medium, and he is my uncle as well. If you want to know anything more about Chris, he is in the description below. Now, of course, I've got to say a massive thank you for watching and listening to this episode of Keep It Spiritual. Make sure you give us a massive thumbs up and make sure you hit that subscribe button as well. Now until next time, I've been Chris Meredith and remember, keep it spiritual. See you later.